today I went to a restaurant with my team and our priest and our regional director, and I ordered a burger uh, named The Fat Boy. Uh-huh. Be- first of all, because, come on. And Obviously, all, why not? Second of all, because it has a fried egg on it, and I just love burgers with fried eggs on it. Oh, it's so good. They're so good. And uh, the lady came back when she brought all the food, and she sat down, you know, father's plate, you got the Elvis burger, sat down Sam's plate, you got the catfish, Emily's plate, you got the fried chicken. And then she set it down for me. She said, and for you, opposite day. And then she walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that's going fast, got on a schedule, got to make it, <laughs> and there's no weird references that we're going to make about the schedule. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing that we cut out. There's nothing now. that we cut out just now, right fine. before this podcast, and you're yep. enjoying it. You're listening to it, and you're saying to yourself, man, these guys we're really here. sound on edge, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, <That's> anyway, really <laughs> how are you how doing? Are you doing? Oh, I'm, doing, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. You go first. Tell me what's been going on in your life. So I've been I've been trying a new essay writing method. Oh, okay. I know it's very it's very exciting, but yeah. um, it involves it, so it's a research paper and it involves a lot of reading and a lot of like s- taking a bunch of people's opinions and like summarizing them. So you're doing research. And, yeah, doing <laughs> for, research for your research paper. <laughs> no, it's like it's like it, the 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 it's called a literature review, and so it's okay. not just a research paper. I pick a topic and I have to read everything that's been written in the last fifty years on that topic. Holy cow! What so topic you did pick, you pick? The sacramental character of holy orders. Okay, it That's was going good. to be ho- it was going to be the sacramental character of the diaconate, but that mm. ended up being too specific. Nothing has been written on that. The only the only problem is is that um, the people that have been writing on the diaconate don't believe that sa- sacramental character exists, mm. and so the stuff that I've been finding is like, oh, the deacon represents Christ the servant, because the people who were originally called to be deacons. Well, they they were called to serve, and I'm like, yeah. And then one of them was murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little more intense than you're making it. Like it's it's you know they 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 make deacons in Acts chapter six, and then Acts seven and Acts eight are the stories of of the two of the first ones, Stephen and Philip, mm-hmm. and neither of them are, you know, running a social work campaign. You know, like <laughs> not, they're 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 preaching the gospel. Yeah. Stephen literally summarizes the Bible and then gets rocks thrown at him Until and then Philip dies. teleports. Philip teleports. It's great. Well, we love let's, it. And let's not ignore the fact that Philip talks to a eunuch. Yeah. And it's always fun to talk about that in Bible study cuz guys are like what's a eunuch? And it's like <laughs> You ever heard about circumcision? Advanced circumcision. <laughs> yeah, look it up. Um so that's great. So yeah, the new paper writing method is great and uh it involves just putting all the quotes in like an Excel spreadsheet, which mm-hmm. I'd never done before. Huh. But that way you can organize the quotes because I assigned them each a topic. So like what part of the paper they go in. And then I organized them by that. I just copied and pasted it into a Word doc. And I have all of the quotes that I'm going to reference in each section. And so every time I sit down to write, I like write a thousand words in a half an hour because it's just so quick. Dang. I know. A thousand I, words in half an hour? Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, boy. <laughs> you're, you're moving. <laughs> Yeah, well, just because all the thoughts are organized, so I don't have to spend time thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about next? It's just everything yeah. is there for me already when I sit down. And um, it's so this this term paper is uh, it's sixty five hundred words. That's okay. that's the it's supposed to be sixty five hundred words, which is roughly twenty three to twenty six pages. Um, and I'm 
I like feel like I haven't done any work. That's amazing. I'm almost I'm almost done. It's and crazy it's how due. you it's learn. It's not due until May. Patrick. Yeah. At a boy. Yeah, right. It's crazy right. how we learn all of the ways to be productive and do schoolwork well after school. After college. After college. <laughs> yeah. It's almost as if eighteen is too young to be sending kids off to get degrees. Or we don't teach kids virtue early enough. That either the, you know. That's actually what I believe. I said the wrong thing first. It's almost as if sending kids off to college at the age of eighteen with no real training and discipline yeah. is a bad idea. That's my real opinion. I understand so many people in my so many of the freshmen in my in my dorms like the dorm that they we had a wall of nerf guns Mm -hmm. and they would just borrow the nerf guns every friday and saturday night and they Mm -hmm. would just shoot each other with nerf guns in the hallway i'm like Mm -hmm. guys i'm always down for a boys night shooting each other with nerf guns Mm -hmm. but you guys gotta like make some friends yeah you guys gotta like go out you know you gotta do do something you're 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 here in the in the trinity dorm shooting each other with nerf guns while i am sitting in my room putting all of these quotes into an excel spreadsheet because i am <laughs> i am cool because i read cal newport books uh-huh. <laughs> that's pretty funny oh man what, what how's your week been um a little a little hectic uh it's been good I haven't really done much i did ms taxes uh yeah <laughs> so that was great don't have a cpa don't know if i need one to do that um I just found a parishioner who was willing to do it. Sure. Like a CPA parishioner to do it. Right. Well, but I mean, like, if I do my taxes for my fiance, do I have to have a CPA to do that? Like, is the government going to come and get me? They have no way no, of knowing, you know? No, they have no way of knowing. It's just, it, she is just now responsible for any yeah, it's true. errors. Hey, hey, hey <laughs> you know? I'd spend a long time. To, you can ask her. She had a... <laughs> She has one of those, like, the Acorns app, you know, where, like, you can uh-huh. just drop some money in and invest, invest it for you. And it's just, like, yeah. it's not very highly controlled, nor is it very uh, aggressive. It's a very, like, mm-hmm. slow growth, just casual way to invest your money. Yeah. Um, but because that's the way that it is, there's, like, the the 1099 div form and the 1099B are just filled of like all of these transactions that acorns just does automatically to invest and reinvest your money and then the way that oklahoma state taxes work i had to like go in line by line and like just fill out a bunch of information about all these things and it needed like dates but acorns didn't give any dates because it said various and it was just it was a whole a whole thing uh but i felt like strange i felt like an accountant when i finished i felt very (laughs) very accomplished when it was all done you probably uh, missed a you probably missed a return here somewhere. I, I probably missed something, honestly. Yeah. But she got that tax well, the, return. So the drawback to getting a the drawback to getting a CPA to do your your taxes for free mm-hmm. is that they immediately file an extension, so you don't get your tax return until the middle of the year. Yeah, yeah. which is fair. Because she's like, I'm getting paid to do this other places. I'm like, no, 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 that's totally fine. I understand. <laughs> other than that, though, it's just it's just been so nice trying to enjoy the weather. I mean, I get, I'm getting old. That's really, that's really yeah. what we're, I'm filing sitting taxes, on the porch. filing taxes and enjoying the weather are the things yeah. that I do now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of if anything funny or interesting happened to me at all this week. And the only thing I can really think of is a dog took a crap on my rug this morning. Really? Yeah. You have a dog? No, it was just, oh. it was, that's what you're excited about. Yeah. I <laughs> not, love dogs. Not the crap. Nah, I was, uh, there's a student of mine who came over and we, we had coffee and we were, we were just chatting about some things and he brought his dogs over 
And he's like, is it cool if I bring the dogs? I was like, yeah, no problem. So the dogs come over. They're medium-sized dogs. They're running around doing all the dog stuff. And uh, we were talking. We were talking about John 15. We were praying. We were really getting into it. And he told me as they walked in, it was like, oh, they already went to the bathroom, so they should be fine in here. And I was like, oh, yeah, no big deal, whatever. Wow. And then we were like in the middle of this prayer, like Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Brady stands up and goes, oh, now that is not okay. And I turn around and I see just two giant turds on my rug. <laughs> that uh, thankfully they weren't runny. That is the nice thing. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. So just kind of a quick, quick removal. The only two times I've ever owned a cat, they pooped on a blanket that I had once you, when I was three you, and once when I was uh, nineteen. <laughs> when did you own a cat when you were nineteen? I knew you when you were nineteen. Yeah, remember that one time we logged on to the podcast and it was you just saw that my my camera popped up and you just see a cat walking behind me on my bed and you're just like I'm not going to I'm not going to respond. Yes. I'm not going to react to this cuz I know that's what you want. And you were like you were like are you just get, do you like try to outdo yourself every time you log on to the to the chat and I was like yeah. He yeah, did. This time I found a cat. How about uh, what do you what do you say we uh, we really get into the show? Unless you have any other thoughts or comments on today's culture writ large, I do not. Oh, thank goodness. I'm ready. I'm ready to start talking. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to get into that hot take time machine? Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show where Patrick and I really just deeply engage with our past selves and do a general confession live on the podcast every single week. Patrick, do you have a hot take? I I do. Okay. I do. Okay. If you'll recall... um, my 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 Facebook posts from five years ago and I earlier. Do, I do. I do recall. They're just getting funnier. That's the mm, problem. I I'm, know. I'm, I was funny five years ago. Um, for case in point, uh, six years ago I started doing stand up comedy. Oh. Uh, and then like six, and then like five and a half years ago I stopped. But uh, I posted one year of stand up. Uh, five years ago I posted one year of stand up, one year of polite chuckles. Um, that was really funny. But I instead <laughs> of a hot take. I found this this infographic, not infographic, but this like little, you know, bolt, like these little flyers that people post on Facebook when there's a local event. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, infographic. I remember the uh, the the redacted county parks and recreation uh, in Florida <laughs> present a free movie in the park in the main pavilion of the park in my town. Uh, they were presenting Soul Surfer, and I remember. <laughs> The the girl who like the movie Soul Surfer was about yeah was gonna like be there no way yeah <laughs> what the heck and there's no way I talked about this on the podcast because the podcast no. hadn't started yet so you're but, telling um, me that you're telling me that Bethany Hamilton was, that's her name <laughs> was in Melbourne Florida live yeah. at the at the what do you call it at the place. Yeah, the the Wickham Park because we know the town it is. So yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the Wickham Wickham Park uh-huh. main pavilion. Yeah, she was apparently she was there. I don't remember if I actually did meet her, but I remember talking about it with my friends and being like, I don't know what I would do because, like, what do you? She got she got bit by a shark. Right. She doesn't have an arm. Do you do you shake her hand? <laughs> I I do would. 
You go I would that. walk up and I'd I'd be like I'd be like, hey, how's it going? Ah, you know, is it her? Is it her right hand. arm? Is it her right arm that's gone? I don't know. You it, go for the COVID so, elbow bump just because yeah, that's all, go, all she can do. <laughs> do a foot shake, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh! But yeah, I, I I was like I was like that that is what I would do. I would walk up, I would reach out my hand and be like, ah, shoot! <laughs> like I'm sorry, you don't have an arm. Wow. I'm sorry. On so it was actually Halloween 2003, October 31, 2003. Hamilton, age 13 at the time, went for a morning surf along with her best friend, Alina Blanchard. Alina's father and brother went a 14-foot-long tiger shark attacked her, severing, it was her left arm, just below the shoulder. Oh, okay. The Blanchard helps her paddle back to shore, and then Alina's father fashioned it. I'm just imagining like what that was, what that looked like. What it, you know? what it was like to, to encounter a 14-foot shark at the age of 13? Yeah. That's a, fashioned I a tourniquet. I am six feet tall. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's a sea monster. That's, that's a huge. sea monster. Okay, uh, that's terrifying. Gosh. When the news broke out of the shark attack, a family of fishermen led by Ralph Young presented to investigators photos of a 14-foot-long shark they had caught and killed about one mile from the attack site. It had surfboard debris in its mouth. (laughs) 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 When measurements of its mouth were compared with those of the Hamilton's broken board, At that point, do you really have to do (laughs) In late 2004, the police officially confirmed that it was the same one that had attacked her. (laughs) How long after... 2004 was a year after. There was like, a how much government? On this how much government money did we spend on <laughs> cops like looking at pictures of broken surfboards from the shark's mouth, saying, "Do you think that was where that?" Yeah, I mean, probably. Jensen Kowalski, what's the deal on the shark? What's the deal on the shark report? I need updates well, sir, on the shark report. We found. I need your badge and your gun on my desk now. Like, well, sir, we found so we said we found surfboard debris in the middle of its mouth. Circumstantial, circumstantial evidence. Okay. He could have been we, swimming. We were and on the, part we were, of a surfboard, sir. Sir, we were on our way down to uh, to investigate the scene of the crime, but there is this really sick luau going on, and so we just kind of stopped <laughs> there and had some pig and some pineapple, and I kind of forgot what we were supposed to be I doing. I kind of forgot <laughs> what we were supposed to do. <laughs> One year afterward, uh, that's so funny. That's that is pretty funny. It's um, like it's like a fourteen foot. Well, I guess I guess she didn't know that it was a fourteen foot tiger shark when so, she saw it. <laughs> right, it's pro- she probably was not measuring the uh, the the what do you call them <laughs> the 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 body of the shark. <laughs> there was, I was going to say dynamics of the shark, but that's not gotcha. A, that's not, a, and then my brain stopped because I couldn't say the right word. I like how stuck. they I like how they measured the uh, they measured they they matched the teeth marks up with her arm and not the surfboard. Was the, no, the they movie, did it. The surfboard has a. It was it was from they matched it up with the surfboard, not with her arm. Oh, okay. It'd be kind of funny if that. she was just like laying in the hospital and like this fisherman just dragged in this 14 foot shark. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still it's alive. Like, it's flopping. Ma'am, it's is this like, the shark? Could you, just, could you just identify these prints for me? They have a line of, <laughs> a line of sharks. <laughs> Ma'am, can you please point to the shark you think bit you? It's just five sharks flopping <laughs> around in a room. <laughs> but one looks really guilty. <laughs> I love I love tragedies where people all lived at the end, right? This is it's like great. it's so much more fun. <laughs> I I will say that if you are uh, if you are interested in learning some history, I will tell you that the shark bitten surfboard that Hamilton was riding during the attack, as well as the bathing suit she was wearing at the time, <laughs> a gift from ocean photographer Aaron Chang, are on display at the California Surf Museum in Oceanside, California. 
uh, the first Crunch listener to go there and take a picture of you with the shark, <laughs> with the surfboard bitten by the shark and the bathing suit, you'll, I will Venmo you $20. I thought you I were w- about to say they were being auctioned off, and I was like, please don't no. auction off a 13-year-old's oh, bathing, bathing suit. suit. That's yeah, not a good, that not a good look. The television shows she has appeared on include The Amazing Race, The Biggest Loser. <laughs> <laughs> she lost the most out of all of them. She lost the most weight. She lost at least a <laughs> fifth of her body weight. so brutal. Be like, I bet you guys can't match the body mass loss that this girl had. Um, she is she is Christian. Um, she is. That, that's why she was yes. a soul surfer. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, she would just be a material surfer. She was played by Anna Sophia Robb in the movie The Girl Who Was in Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, I had a crush uh, on her. Yeah, that movie gives me nightmares still. It makes it, me sad. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm kind of scared to watch it again. It's very sad. Yeah. I always love those so anyway. cute movies, but, you know, that's just me. That's great. That is an amazing. So, did you was the hot take just the fact that there was a flyer on your on your Facebook? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Sometimes you can turn a little bit of content into fifteen, a little bit of little bit of thing into fifteen minutes of content. A little bit of people think in people my think, life. People think podcasting is easy. You have no idea. You have okay? no idea. You got to learn how to take a small little story. Like I remember that story was just a flyer. I didn't meet the girl, but we right. got fifteen minutes of content out of that you story. Gotta, the thing you have to learn about <laughs> podcasting is that half of it is not listening to Patrick while you frantically scan the Wikipedia article for anything, <laughs> anything. that will turn into comedy. Um, that's it. That's great. I love it. Do we even need to do my hot take? I mean, is it good? It's from March 17th, 2016, which is St. Patrick's Day. And it, it says in all capital, capital letters, kiss me, I'm Catholic. God. No, we don't need to do yours. 27 retweets, 75 likes. That's not fair. Thirst what can trap. I, what can I say? Thirst trap. <laughs> they love me out there. They really do. They really do. They did. Not anymore. That's all. I, I think we can we can be happy with Soul Surfer. That's great. What's um, your topic? You, you were like, you were like, I got a topic. I'm ready to go right now. I got a topic. It's probably a bit more. Probably the the intro of this podcast will probably betray the tone of this topic because I, I do want to talk about prayer. So we're gonna have to make a bit of a uh, a hermeneutic shift. Uh, okay, I thought you meant it'll betray it in the sense that it'll it'll give away what the what the topic's tone is, but the tone no, is different. No, the Completely tone is different. different. Betray gotcha. as in. God, it'll um, pivot. I think I think that's part of our charm, though. I think we can. I think we. Can, I think we uh, can do both, right? It's the old yeah. both and the both old both and Catholicism. The old both and of the crunchism. <laughs> that's probably on the bingo sheet. Is the old both and? Uh, it should be. I don't know. It, if it should is. be. I don't know why it is. <clears throat> so let's uh, let's preface a little bit. My my title, my thesis statement, okay, is everyone wants to be a Catholic speaker. No one wants to be a Catholic listener. <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> so that's my that's my topic. topic but we're not talking about Catholic speakers. We're talking we're, about we're actually not. We're talking about prayer. Yeah, which cool. is kind of funny. Yeah, cool. Because I was just having a conversation about that, but the, we'll save actually? that for another podcast. Are yeah. you sure we can we can just pivot and do that right now? If you want to talk about Catholic speakers. Oh yeah, I was talking about how if pe- if we were just a little more honest with the fact that Catholic speakers exist and there is a Catholic speaker circuit and you're either in it or you're not, we could be a lot more honest with ourselves and actually yes. train people to be a part of an itinerant preaching community uh, instead of it being some vague thing where mm-hmm. people are constantly vying for you know attention and you're just like, yeah, I'm part of this group and we do this thing and sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. I, anyway. I think that's actually a really great thought. Um, yeah. 
we we should talk about that another time because I think that is really interesting. Let's get to, let's get some of our friends on here. Good old Chris, yes. Chris on the call. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's say. So that's my that's my thesis statement. But I have been hmm, I hesitate to talk about prayer because it's like I'm of two minds about it cuz one I want to share the good things that God is doing in my life naturally with you and with people who care about me. Yeah. On the on the other hand, it's like at no point do I feel secure enough in my prayer or uh, maybe not that's not the right way of saying it. Um, it's very rare that I feel like God has been doing something for a, a long enough time in my prayer for me to be like, Oh yeah, I'm ready to talk about this on the podcast. You know, like yeah. it's kind of a, a weird thing of, cause you don't want to jump into something right away and start talking about it. Cause just cause it's new and it's fresh, but all this, us this, at the same time, you kind of do, you know, like yeah. you do want to talk about the new, like when I got engaged to Emma, I wanted to talk about it cause it was a new thing happening in my relationship with a person that I love, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of see this in the same way of, I kind of feel like not guilty, but I don't want to just use my spirituality and like what God is doing for content. Yeah. You don't want to be the hack. I don't want to be the story? hack. Yes. Yeah. But you should tell it just cause. Okay, it's like know. a story. It, it's the the, I think it was by Frank Sheed. He wrote a a story, a short story for a Catholic magazine a while ago in like the '60s, mm-hmm. and the story was called The Hack, and it was about like an, a televangelist, and uh, the ta- the the last line of it or something was it went it went some along the lines of like there was nothing sacred he didn't sell, mm. or something. It was like every part of his life was public, mm-hmm. and he was constantly like this is what prayer like this is what my prayer is and like this is how you know it's like he he essentially monetized and marketed his entire faith life and so he ended up having nothing at the end of his life yeah so i'm not trying to do that and so if i actually end up doing that know that it was an accident and i apologize actually read the story before i I should too i've heard gomer talk about it and that's that's about all i've got um so for the past 
I don't know, I would say year, maybe longer. It's really hard to remember after that point, but I feel like I've been in a, a pretty solid period of spiritual dryness, um, which is like, it's a long time, but it's not, uh, not the worst thing in the world. You know, I think about mother Teresa who literally talked to Jesus, uh, face to face in her prayer. And then he was silent from her for 40 some years. Uh, and so it's like, obviously it could have been, could have been a lot worse. Um, and I think maybe COVID had something to do with that. I think being a missionary had something to do with that. The fact that I was trying to give some things that I didn't actually have, um, there's a lot to be said about why. I mean, ultimately it's because God, I think desired me to be in a period of dryness. Um, and this priest came and visited at Tulsa on, was it yesterday? No, it was Tuesday. Uh, and it was kind of a shock to my system and it kind of, I feel like I'm, I'm being brought out of the dryness in a, in a pretty rapid and, Mm -hmm. uh, great way. And it's not to say that you can't have good experiences in prayer during dryness. Uh, it's just that it's not as fun to talk about your prayer when it's just like (laughs) the same thing, uh, every single day over and over again. But that's, that's like where you build the virtue in order to receive the new graces and the new places that God wants to take you, you know? And so I talked to this priest on Tuesday and he sent me an email Monday night. It was just like, Hey, I don't know if you and the team are available, but I'm in town for a parish mission. He's a focused national chaplain and I'd love to hang out with you guys just kind of in the middle of the day. And so we hung out, we talked to him. He's great. He's from Argentina. He's the, he's actually the priest who was at my recruitment weekend that I did spiritual direction with. And he got me to join staff. Like he was the guy who I had a conversation with and he was the one that like talked some things through with me. And it was like, I always point to that moment of Hmm. like my conversation with him was the thing that pushed me over the edge. And I was like, yeah, I got to do this, you know, that's awesome. Cause I was on the fence. So he's like, I I've only had that conversation with him. And then uh, maybe a couple conversations that like training and conference and stuff, but nothing really that deep. And then this past Tuesday. So it's just kind of crazy how this priest always kind of crops up just right at the, uh, right at the right time. You know, yeah. he really is just like an image of the father of just, I'm going to come into your life and I'm going to do something good. And then I'm just, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going, you're not going to see me again for a minute. Um, and so, we ended up getting some time. I just like talked to him for 30 minutes maybe. And he was asking me about my engagement. He was asking me about campus and mission and all of these things. And I kind of steered the conversation towards prayer. Cause that's like, I was like, I'm just, I'm really, it's not going well. I need help. Please, please. What can you do? And he said some things that helped me to realize, and this is where I'm going to try to like, not just like talk about my own prayer, but I want to talk about concepts, you know? And so I think I've been making my prayer for a long time and subsequently my mission here on campus more informative than transformative. Uh, And I feel like combined with some other things that have been happening that I've, I've really only been loving God for the sake of myself and not even really loving him. I've kind of been using prayer and my time is in prayer as a way to take spiritual truths that are good. And then I learn them and I apprehend them, but I'm always applying them to me. I'm always applying them to my life. I'm always just thinking about like, Oh, this affects me in this way and this way. And this will help me talk about this in this way. And this is all really, really good. Cause I'm learning all of these things and I'm understanding why I'm sinning more and I'm understanding how to talk about things better. I'm understanding why I can do this and that and the other thing better. And so I was telling him about my prayer and like, this is what I do is I come and I, you know, 
uh, offer my holy hour up to God at the beginning. And then I try to read scripture and do Lexio. And then if I have time at the end and I'll read a spiritual book, cause it's like, I don't know, it's a very basic holy hour structure. Yeah. And he was like, it was just the most simple line, <laughs> you know, he was like, Ethan, your prayer needs to be about Jesus. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm reading books about him. It's like, okay. what are you, what are you trying to say? Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if you know about prayer and maybe I'm going to be saying these things <laughs> and you'd be like, Ethan, you're a fool and you've been a fool for a long time. But even just in the past couple of days, making the switch from, um, reading scripture and then thinking that I have to kind of just like sit there in silence until some sort of resolution comes to me, which mm-hmm. is kind of what I did for a long time. It's like, I know I'm supposed to sit in silence and I know I'm supposed to listen for God's voice. And now to the point where I'm able to use my imagination to have a conversation with Jesus about Jesus and ask mm-hmm. him questions about the things that are going on in the scriptures about why he felt a certain way and what things happen now that still make him feel that way. Cause if the scripture says that Jesus had compassion or he was sad or he was angry, like he really felt those things. And if I was talking to you and you were like, I'm sad today, I wouldn't be like, what does Patrick's sadness say about me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't yeah. do that. Um, but we do that to, to Jesus all the time and starting to use my imagination more to, and I think this is the right thing to do. And maybe someone will correct me if it's not, but imagine my conversation with Jesus as if I'm talking to him and trusting the fact that he's using my imagination to drive my prayer rather than just like sitting in silence and not using my faculties, I suppose. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm, I was insistent for the longest time on, I need, uh, I, I can't use these kinds of things because God is going to speak to me in this particular way, you know? Ah, uh, yes. And since he's yeah, not speaking to me in this particular way, I'm just going to like learn a bunch about him, you know? Yeah. And I think this is connected to some other things. And this is now, now I've kind of given you the context and we're going to rope it back into the, to the thesis statement, which is we need, we don't need Catholic speakers. We need Catholic listeners mm. is I, have a problem in conversation. This is probably why I have a podcast of stopping and asking questions and listening to other people. And you probably know this about me because I mean, I feel like all of my friends know this about me of, I just like to talk about myself and I don't really ask very good questions and I don't really pay very good attention to other people. Um, and that was a realization that I had a couple of weeks ago. And then this kind of realization about prayer now, like all of it is just kind of putting it all together in my mind of like, Holy crap. I just say too much all the time and I don't listen enough. And so I'm nodding in agreement with myself, not like, Oh yeah, Ethan talks way too much. Yeah. And so I wanted to throw these kind of concepts out at you and kind of hear your take on maybe your experience with, um, over intellectualizing your life of prayer or, um, because we both kind of have a similar sort of gregariousness about us. How dare you imply that I over-intellectualize my prayer? <laughs> I, I, I resent that. Uh-huh. I am angry. Yep. And I am offended. No, I, yeah, that's definitely. We, and I, and I don't know, I don't know if you interact with other people in the same way that I do of, I have this tendency to ask people questions so that I can talk. <laughs> um, and 
I feel like all of these things are really connected and I just I want to explore how the Christian life is so much more a life of listening than it is a life of talking and doing. And again, none of these concepts are new concepts. Everyone's going to be like, duh, Ethan. Um, but I, I but think we, it's, then, then they'll go and, you know, then they'll go and ch- change their lives. Much, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, what do you, what are your thoughts? How do you, how do you think about all this? I think I've been talking a lot about some, something that I, 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 so a kid, a kid left our youth ministry hasn't mm. been here for a while. Sure. And she has her reasons. Um, I assumed, I assumed they were like, I'm mad at Jesus or I don't want to think about, or I don't want to be Catholic reasons, but that was not the reason. Mm. And I told, I told a friend of hers, I said, Hey, just let her know if she wants to talk, I'm here. And then I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't tell her that. I changed it. And I said, let her know that if, let her know that I'm here to listen Mm -hmm. if she needs to talk. Mm Mm-hmm. Because just saying, I we can talk if you want, implies that I'm going to be talking. But like her situation requires her to talk and me to listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes to evangelization, which this is not what the topic is, um, <laughs> is important. <laughs> and connected. one of the way it is connected. One of the ways that, that listening is so important in evangelization because um, Jesus didn't have to listen to people. He did. He didn't have to listen to people. Because he could just like read their hearts. Mm-hmm. He made them, so he like knew them. Yeah. Uh, we didn't make the people that we're evangelizing. So we have to listen. Uh, and so we can know who they are and what they need. And I think in order to listen, we have to learn how to practice. And I think if we learn how to listen to God's voice, we learn how to listen to Jesus, and then we'll be ready to listen to other people. Um, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, and vice versa. That's true. I guess they both have like their difficulties, you know, because yeah. people try to conceal what they're saying. Mm-hmm. People try to like hide things from you. And mm-hmm. like we we don't want to show our whole selves, but Jesus wants to show you his whole self. We just conceal him from ourselves. <laughs> I uh, Reflecting on Jesus is, is challenging sometimes because it's like, I don't know. When I think about the kind of people, just for an example, when I think about the kind of people I want to surround myself with, I'm like, oh, I want to be surrounded by people holier than me. What did Jesus do? Oh, <laughs> no, no one was holier than him. I'm like, what's, <laughs> what's, I know, like, what's the example there? Like, how can I follow him in these particular ways? And for the thing like listening, it's kind of hard to imagine because Jesus had his humanity, he also had his divinity. So it's like, okay, Jesus listened to people, but he didn't, but he did. Yeah. And I think a lot about all the times in scripture that it says he went and dined at the Pharisees' houses. Mm-hmm. And I was I'm just like, why? Why did you go and do that? Like you knew that they were going to murk you, you know? Like you knew <laughs> that they were they were opposed. Um and I think the the answer is is because he loved them. And when someone you love asks you to go to dinner, you say yes, you know? And so like, yeah, he, he knew that what they felt about him, but he Mm -hmm. loved them so much, which is kind of a wild thought. And I have to imagine along this same line of thought that when he went down to, to dinner, yeah, he would probably, he would get some jabs in about the Sabbath and you know, those kinds of things (laughs) of like, which of you, if your son fell, fell down a well, you wouldn't pick him back up on the Sabbath day. And they were all silent, you know, like he had those things, but um, I assume there's probably also other times where the Pharisees were just kind of telling him why they thought he was doing the wrong thing. 
Like yeah. why you, you're really you're ruining Jewish culture. You're leading all these people astray. This is what you're doing. I can't believe you do this, that, and the other thing. And Jesus just like took it. You know, he just listened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Jesus goes out and prays, like he just listens to the Father and he receives everything from the Father. And I think the idea of Jesus as a as a preacher and as someone who's, who preaches truth is really popular right now in Catholic circles because we have this wave of brilliant Catholic apologists who are giving you all of the answers to the secular culture. And we have, we hear all of this noise all the time and it's like, okay, we got to fight back. We got to, we got to make our own pages and we got to start multi-million dollar media companies that start Bible in a year podcasts and uh, do all of these things to combat the culture with noise. Um, and this is probably something that is discussed when people are trained in evangelization, but I, at least in my training and I think in other people's trainings and and when I hear other people talking about evangelization or even just talking about how to live the Christian life, listening is like a token thing like, Oh, and then you also have to be an active listener and here's how to be an active listener, but here's the charisma, you know, and here's Mm -hmm. the, like the charisma is not bad. That's not what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, do you kind of know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I wrote an article for the Catechetical Review, of and um, it was like a it was like an update. It was like a, it was a how to article about how to bring people back to the church, <clears throat> and um, how to bring students back to the church. And the third, the th- step three out of three was prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I specifically put prayer last, and I said okay. this in the article. I was like, I'm putting prayer last. Not because it's the least important, but because whenever someone sees prayer in a list of things, they skip to step two. Mm. So like, yeah, 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 I know that. All right, mm-hmm. cool. Now, mm-hmm. now what do I actually have to do? Right. Um, and it's, what do you, what do I do? I know yeah. prayer is what God does, but I would like to know the thing that I do. That I do. Cause I am very cool. <laughs> I do a lot of good things and I do things very well. Uh, and it's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, if there is an emphasis on personal prayer and how to pray and that, that, that it encompasses listening. Um, I was at mass a couple of weeks ago and the priest was like, what we have to do is we have to better our relationship with Jesus in prayer. And then he just moved on. And I was like, that's a great, that's a great thought father. How am How? I supposed to do that? What does that mean? I can't just flip a switch and have a better relationship with Jesus. It's like as if as if that's the problem that everyone has this button that they could press that says and, relationship and no, with Jesus. Nobody's on it, pressing it. And nobody's yeah. pressing it. Um yeah, it takes a lot of time. And like getting to know someone and listening to someone takes a lot of time. And it's you're right, it's our what your spiritual director said is very apt mm-hmm. and it is wise. It's like mm-hmm. sometimes in our prayer, we're, we're like, we're like, oh, okay, I'm trying to listen to Jesus. That's cool. I'm just going to read the Bible the whole time. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to read a spiritual book if I run out of Bible stuff. Mm-hmm. And we pack for our holy hour like we're getting on a plane. It's like, I can't mm-hmm. use my phone. So I'm going to use these books yeah. to, to block out, not to block out, but like. I do think, I do think it's good to use the Bible in prayer. Let's just, can we just say it that? is obvious. It is, but, it, <laughs> but it's like, it's. We think that our prayer, the holy book, holy books in prayer are like flint and steel. You know, uh-huh. it's like you just, you're trying to like spark, right? But if, 
if you if you spend the entire hour trying to spark a fire and it's not working, it's time mm-hmm. to stop and just let Jesus light the fire. Yeah. You know, let uh, let the fire come down on on the wet logs. Yeah, much that's like a good... in Elijah. What, yeah, that's a good Elijah. moral. That's a good moral interpretation of Elijah. Yeah, that's, I think it was Elijah. Thank you. And the prophets of Baal. Patrick was not using the term moral as a derogatory term. It is one of the four senses of scripture, everyone. One of the four senses yeah. of scripture. It's a good tropological interpretation of scripture. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I still don't know what anagogical means, and I refuse to look it up. It means, <laughs> never mind, I'm not going to tell you. Thank you. <laughs> it has to do with the end of time. Oh, okay, good to know. Yeah, uh, the, one, the, three, the threefold senses of scripture. Analogical is about Christ. It's what we believe. Um eschatological the the uh the anagogical sense is what we hope for in heaven and then the moral sense of scripture is what we love what we do mm. yep that's you, the Patrick. threefold senses of scripture you're welcome i thought it was four isn't is it not four the three spiritual senses the first okay. one is the literal sense okay gotcha that's yeah that yeah, one's yeah. represented by matthew's by the, gospel the man and then the the moral yeah. sense is represented oh. by the eagle the faith the uh the fur the the allegorical sense is represented by the lion and the um Eschatological, the anagogical sense is represented by Luke's uh, the ox. Bull. Yeah, the oh, bull. The, ox. Yeah. the bull. I think it's a bull. Yeah. I don't know if it's an ox. That's great though. Was it good a- to know? Just uh, <laughs> everybody <laughs> check out Bonaventure's Breviloquium. Better than the Summa. Oh, okie dokie. Hot take time machine. <laughs> All the way back to the Middle Ages. <laughs> I had a point and I forgot what it was because oh, we were talking about flint steel and holy books and prayer. Um, Flintstone vitamins and. Flintstone vitamins. Uh, the way to know people. Yeah. What we're talking about is like building a better relationship with Jesus. People say that, but I think I hesitate because I don't want to sound like, Oh, I know how to have a relationship with Jesus and everyone else doesn't. But at on the same side of that coin or on a different side of that coin i have been trying to pray a holy hour every day for the past three years right Mm -hmm. at least three and a half not that that gives me some kind of like authority you know um but i feel like i can speak from a certain place of this is something that i i've been trying to do and it's been a necessity for my job like because if i hadn't if i didn't pray and try to deepen my relationship with jesus then my mission is going to fail and so it's been integrally tied with what i've been doing and who I am over the past several years. And so coming from that limited experience and based on what I see in the parishes, based on what I see online, based on what I see from people just at the university of Tulsa and among my friends, um, unless everyone's just kind of hiding something from me, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people see prayer as this intellectual exercise um, and this forcible uh, a, a change in behavior under duress. <laughs> like, and that's, that's kind of what a spiritual life is, is mm-hmm. I'm going to go for 20 minutes or 30 minutes into this chapel or in my room. And I'm going to read this old book and I'm going to hear about the guy who did the good things and the miracles. And I'm going to like, think about that. And then I'm going to try to stop having sex. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. Cause I feel like I missed the boat on prayer a while ago. And I feel like I've maybe I just didn't hear it or maybe the Lord just didn't want me to understand it at that particular time. And now he does want me to understand it. Uh, But I just had no idea that I could like ask Jesus questions 
not that I had no idea. I knew that I had that capacity. Um, but I just guess nobody ever like drew it out for me like that. Is that just because like I'm dumb and I don't know things or is it because prayer is being taught poorly? Because if the answer is because I'm dumb and I don't know things, then we can just move on and everyone will get to hear about how Ethan had a great experience in prayer this week. But if it means that people aren't being taught how to pray, then I think we should talk about that, you know? Yeah. I I mean, like, I, I feel unqualified to, to give, like, a manual of how to pray. Yeah. I mean, I agree. The part four of the catechism is pretty solid and approachable. It's not, it's not something that, um, it, it, it does prayer justice in the sense that like, cause like you don't want, you don't want to define prayer like meditation cause it's different. No, no. And people try to like conflate, people conflate meditation and prayer all the time. And like meditation is beneficial, I guess, but like prayer is more, it's about, because in meditation, it's just you and your consciousness. Mm-hmm. and in prayer it's you and another person like it's jesus that's two people it's a whole extra person and one of them's god and uh and like that that involves a little bit more a little bit more you know nuance to like how to do it you can't just go into a room and stop thinking or try not to think as much mm-hmm. um yeah i i mean i i've given i've given talks on how to pray i just don't know how effective those talks have been you know like yeah I don't know how effective this podcast is. I mean, like, I, I, when I, in, I, I, when I give a talk on, when I give a talk on prayer, it's very similar to my charisma talk. Mm-hmm. I, I do, the charisma is different for everybody, but I do a four step charisma instead of like a seven step or five or eight or however many I do four I like, steps. I like the five. You like the five? I like the five. I do four because it's, um, God acts, we respond. God acts again, we respond. So like mm. the first part of the charisma is like God acts through his creation we respond with sin. God acts through redemption. We respond with repentance. Okay. Uh, that's super simple. Good. I do. And like then that. the, the talk that I've given for prayer is very similar with God acting and us responding. So it's like the, the underlying idea that's being taught there is like, we do not act without God's initiative. Like everything begins with God's initiative. Even our own prayer begins with God's initiative. And so, the four steps of Lexio Divina are God acts, we respond. God acts, we respond. So like God acts through Lexio when we read and then we respond through meditating on a scripture and that's a very human thing. You can just do that. That is the mm-hmm. intellectual activity. Prayer yeah. is technically an intellectual activity um, at first. And then Oratio, the prayer part, is God responds freely out of his... The, the Bible is given to you. God's always going to give you the Bible because that's just how it works. You go to the Bible, he's going to give you the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the sacrament of his word, right? It's just like he's always going to do this. But prayer is something that he does; he freely does when he needs to and when you need him to. And so Orazio is that prayer where you receive and then you respond in contemplation, which is even further of a gift. Like that doesn't always happen in prayer. So it's like sometimes your prayer is only going to be lexio and meditatio and like you're going to try to pray and it's not going to work as well and you're barely going to get any contemplation in but like sometimes you'll get like maybe a minute or two of solid contemplation and like saint Teresa of avila describes contemplation as a close sharing between friends so it's like Mm -hmm. you're just together and neither of you feel the need to say anything Mm -hmm. um that's all i've got on in terms of like how to pray if anyone's like, if anyone's like f- trying to figure that out, that's where I start when I try to talk to people about how to pray. Yeah. 
Hmm. It's about first principles. You know, I can tell you how I pray, but like how effective yeah. is that? I'd be like, I sit down on my couch. Well, you don't, you can't, you can't do that. You can't sit on my couch. No, you can't. You could. It's my couch. Come how did you get me. in my house? <laughs> get out of here. First of all, I pray that you are going to leave, mister. Um, <laughs> well, you seem nice. Would you like a cup of coffee? Uh, I, I also think we either overvalue or undervalue the intellect. And this will be the last thing I say on this because we got to get moving. Um, oh, yeah, we do. Because <laughs> the intellect is the highest faculty that humans possess, right? We have, I mean... What, you're going to say the will is higher than the intellect? The intellect and the will. No, well, well, there's two things that one can said to be higher than the other. In the first sense, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's okay. A, that's a that's Thomistic way funny. to respond. I, I will just posit that the intellect is higher than the will, and we're going to go based on that. It's very but, impressive. It's a very impressive you. hypothesis you come up with. <laughs> you don't understand how much how much thought is it. I'm I'm upset because of how like how hard it would be to defend that. Like not uh-huh. not that, and I disagree with you, but it's like you have to. So like the intellect proposes <laughs> to the will. Yeah. And the will ascends to the intellect. To like so, it. which one is greater? I'm sorry. Go on with your point. Well, the the Christ is is the head of the church, and where's the elect? It's in the head, baby. So, bang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where's the intellect in the head? Oh yeah, point to where your intellect is, Ethan. It's, point. It's show up, me what it looks up like. You, my foot is dumb <laughs> as a rock. Do you know that my foot isn't smart? Come on. Let's let's not pretend. Okay. It's in the pituitary um, gland. What I was going to say is that using your intellect is good in prayer. Using your imagination, using your thoughts, uh, trusting that God is working in how you think, if you are open to him working in how you think, is how you arrive at those deeper levels of, of meditation and contemplation, okay? Not valuing, valuing your intellect would look like, oh, there's no way I can rationally or reasonably use my reason to to ascertain any of these truths about God. So I just need to sit here in silence and wait for God to infuse knowledge into me and infuse his own life into me. And sometimes that might happen. Um, but the way I was doing it was just like a rejection of my intellectual faculties and just like this weird false notion of, I'm just going to like sit here and try to receive, which isn't really a response to it, the way I was doing it wasn't really a response to God. It was more so a, well, why isn't God doing anything? What's the deal? Why is he having yeah, this dryness? He, what's he going on with? What's he going on? What's, what's, what's going on up there? Is he on vacation? I know. He's um, God, so he can always be on vacation. I know. Heaven's just a big old vacation. <laughs> it's one of those, heaven's one of those hotels where there's a pool in the middle and then all the rooms are out the outside. One of my kids, you mean a motel? That doesn't sound very... But it's, um, it's the best motel. <laughs> um, one of my kids at the confirmation retreat last weekend, uh, in the middle of a talk, just raising hand, he's like, "I love, I, I, I appreciate the spunk on this kid." But he was like, "Can you die in heaven?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no." That's the whole point of it. Um, yeah, the, after you die in heaven, you go to super heaven or super, super hell. Heaven. It's just a series of infinitely regressing heavens that just get better and better each time. It's turtles all the way down, baby. Turtles <laughs> all the way is. down. All right, we got to do Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner All right. quick. We got an update. So that's all we'll do for Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. We got an update. Oh, okay. Hey, was that, was that was that talk on prayer good? Was that, that good was It was conversation? great. Okay. It was great. Cool. I feel I'm sorry. it was awesome. Did I talk about myself too much? I'm nope. trying to not do that as much. No, it's okay. It's all good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's fine. Fine. I, I, I... All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. Ha 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 
this is from, this is this is from ra- uh, na- not weed from last nap weed nap weed <laughs> well done elihu i do not despise you because of your youth i don't get that reference Must i don't either reference. i'm i'm sure it's about something great your collect i'm sure we'll get an, an email back next week uh uh-huh. <laughs> your collective advice echoes much of what's been on my heart thank you if you'll recall this is the guy whose daughter's dating a girl and he the daughter's dating a guy and then he uh uh sure her her, uh, her grades have gone down uh, we take it. We've taken her device away and are allowing her to sign it out for three minutes a day. She signs it out like a library book. I love it. You've taken our advice and taken her device. That's great. <laughs> I'm encouraging. That's I'm encouraging good. her. I'm encouraging her to stay connected with her other friends. And I know that my own role as her father right now is crucial. So I'll be forcing her on daddy daughter dates. Yes. Great. Wonderful. We've had her list off all the assignments that weren't handed in. It's over seventy. Wow. mostly small things those like math those math worksheets you oh know, they're just little those guys pile up those pile five, up five point assignments yeah we had her list off all the assignments weren't handed uh all but one of her teachers are allowing her to complete them and they will revise her grades accordingly her history teacher is the one that's refusing uh yeah let, let him talk to us like send, send him over our way <laughs> send, him we'll, our, we'll, send him our way maybe he's got some some dating advice that he needs yeah. answered and yeah. you know once we figure that out then you know who knows uh but let me just say, if he once he once he gets in contact with me, he'll be history. Okay, uh, all but right. We're making her do those. Uh, those <laughs> to be assignments. steeped in Patrick is to cease to be history. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. But we're that was great. <laughs> we're making her do them anyway, and I'll evaluate them myself. Uh, we'll see how this pans out, and maybe I'll update you when the dump finally happens. And how do you not know the word Twitter pated? What's the word Twitter pated? I never look looked it up, it up. Look it up right now. I know it's great when we Google things on the podcast. It really is. Excited or overcome by romantic feelings. Smitten. Mm. Wait, hold on. It's from Bambi. Well, it's not the it's, the movie Bambi. It's not from Bambi. But. It's not from Bambi. What's the etymology of Twitter pated? Jack Dorsey one day woke up and said, "Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on." It's I I know we can't listen to this, but I'll send this to you. It's it's the owl from Bambi. Guys, go look up Twitter pated. You'll find this scene from Bambi. Okay, it's not it's. Go look it up. It's this fun. is a this is a Bambi cast now. We're in on Bambi. Apparently, there's a whole like scene in Bambi where they talk where the owl tells them the word Twitter pated and they're like Twitter pated. He like everybody gets Twitter pated. Really? I'm like, I, don't, I don't like this. It's kind of weird. So what just happened in that email is what happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. History um, history doesn't repeat itself, but yeah. sure does rhyme. Let Mark me just Twain. say, let me just say, I the only reason I don't remember this was because I was not thirty when Bambi came out. Burn. Burn. Ooh, Bambi take that. Nineteen sixty. That makes you old. Old. Old, old listener. Old, old listener. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much for your support. Thank uh, you for sponsoring <laughs> us on Patreon. But you're a boomer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, I have to go to Egg class, him. and Ethan's got to go to a meeting. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's fun. I uh, I think next week we should do a little state of the podcast. Oh, you think so? Because I think the podcast is going great. Yeah. And I just want people to know that we have plans for the future. Because I think once I'm done with Focus, we'll be able to take this thing into the freaking stratosphere. Yeah, I, 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 I want people to know that like once Ethan leaves Focus, it's not over. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just beginning. Oh, like, yeah. The amount of time that I have to spend on this podcast right now is the amount of time I currently spend on it, which is barely an hour right now. Barely. And then, but once you have a nine to five and you don't feel like you work, you live at your job. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're, we're making, we're making money. 
We're going to make money. We're going to make bonus podcasts. We're going to make Bible casts. Yeah, we're, we're going to have Bible. more interviews. It's going to be really, really good. We're going to do live shows. Live shows. It's great. We're going to we're Salt gonna Lake go to City 2022. Salt Lake City, Chicago. Uh, Steubenville, uh, Ohio. Steubenville, Ohio. We're getting interviewed by Matt Frad. We're getting interviewed by it, Matt Call Fred. it right now. It's happening. I'll ask him. I'll say, hey. You should. Will you please buy our podcast? <laughs> you can, uh, in one of his videos where he does a tour of his studio, he kind of points the camera out the window. So I think you could buy that, just like figure out which building it is, and then just go up, knock on the door. I like, could hey. very easily find out which building it is. He's building you it in the b- basement of what's going to be a bar. Yeah. You could probably also just like call him because you have his number. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared to call him. I don't want to. Every time uh, I yeah. text him, I have to like psych myself up. I'm like, is he going to think I'm annoying? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's like, hey, I heard you're moving to Steubenville. How's it going? That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> can you tell that there's a bunch of sweat on my screen from how <laughs> it's like in, from all the different like, letters that are in these words? Text messages don't don't betray him the amount of perspiration that you had when you said Back in the day when you had to send letters to people, you could tell that a dude's hand was sweaty because it was all wrinkly. <laughs> and now you get away from that scot-free. Oh, man. That's Alrighty. great. I got to go. Uh, thanks for casting with me. Patreon.com slash the crunch. Patreon.com slash the crunch. Uh, Patrick at the crunchcast.com. Ethan at the crunchcast.com. Info at the crunchcast.com. Store at the crunchcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> you want those hoodies? They're coming. <laughs> just, in, just in time for the summer season. Those hoodies are finally Don't gonna... make fun of me for making all those emails. I have gotten a ton of Hulu free trials with those emails. <laughs> so. oh, that's great. Um, all right. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? My palms are sweaty because I've been texting Matt Frat all day. <laughs> that just got me. That was really good. I meant to say my phone, but it worked. That's okay. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.